this episode of The Interface, I speak with Meta Brink, General Manager of Amphenol Antennas and Private Network Solutions. Meta is based out of Denmark and has been with Amphenol for almost five years. We talk about overseeing the operations of Amphenol Antenna Solutions and Amphenol Procom in both Europe and Asia. We talk about her excitement with her team's development of Integra, the world's first upgradable antenna, and how it's helping companies reduce their carbon footprint. We talk about her younger years, wanting to be either a drummer in a rock band or a fighter pilot. We talk about her love of traveling and her incredible recent trip to Greenland. And we discuss her Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. Meta, first of all, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. And I, uh, you and I have never met before. This is our first time, at least face-to-face via Zoom. Um, you in Denmark, me here in the States. But just tell me a little bit about being the general manager of Amphenol Antenna Solutions. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me uh, do this with you. I'm, I'm really pleased with that. So uh, it's great being, uh, being general manager for Amphenol Antenna Solutions yeah. in, uh, in EMEA and, uh, and Asia Pacific. It's kind of new-ish. To me, mm-hmm. I joined Amphenol in 2017 and and uh, GM for Amphenol Procom, right. which is a global company. And then in 2020, you know, was able to fold Amphenol Antenna Solutions, EMEA, and Asia Pacific under my wings as well. January 1, 2020, uh, we all know the the, the story yeah. with COVID, etc. So it, it's really been an interesting uh, uh, journey. And I have to say, it's a great company and yeah. it's a great team. And we have lots of really, really great initiatives that we've just done, just introduced and, and also have in the pipeline. So lots of things to do for us to build our business. Yeah, I can't say it's, it's a walk in the park the whole time, <laughs> but yeah. it's a great team yeah. and we're getting there. That's yeah. excellent. That's excellent. So you were, you were the, the general manager of Amphenol Procom. And now you have Amphenol Antenna Solutions. So what does that encompass as far as uh, some of the businesses that, that fall underneath uh, your leadership? It's these two, uh, these two companies. And with these companies together, we're actually covering the wireless infrastructure uh, for cellular mm-hmm. phones with the, with the AAS, Amphenol Antenna Solutions. And Procom kind of has got a whole raft of different applications yeah. outside of the, the cellular infrastructure. So, so that's more on the private network side. So together, we're kind of embracing all, right? Yeah. And we are starting to see with new technologies happening that there is uh, a certain synergy. And, uh, and we believe that, you know, having these two companies very close to each other, we're actually able to provide unique Amphenol solutions to our customers. So it's very exciting times, very different at this point in time, but synergies are definitely starting to happen. Yeah, that's great. And I, you have been doing this new expanded role, you said, for about two years now, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. with what's the difference now in expanding from just ProCom to more of a, of a, of a wider range that you have to oversee? I think the difference is that you gotta, you gotta be able to switch, right, mm-hmm. uh, from one business to the other, and make sure that you pay enough attention, yeah. right, yeah, to, yeah. To, to each businesses. 
Now, fortunately, the leadership teams in both businesses are very strong. Right. They're very experienced. We've got a good combination of, uh, you know, new ish uh, coming in and people who have been in the business for a good while in both, uh, both areas. And that, of course, means that, in essence, it's easy because these guys are so skilled and so qualified and they work really well together. One thing that we did manage to do in January 2020 already was actually to bring these two leadership teams together. Mm-hmm. And we did that uh, just before no one could travel. And it was actually a really nice event. And the best thing to bring people together is food. Yeah, right? of course. So we had uh, a long meeting. And then in the evening, we all cooked our meal together. Uh, under the great uh, sort of instruction of uh, a couple of chefs uh, in Denmark, and it, it was uh, it was a very very nice evening. And now the two teams know each other very well, and they can also speak. It doesn't have to go through me; they can just go directly and talk about opportunities and technical cooperations and so forth. So it's working really well. Yeah, you bring up a good point, right? In that you hope. Uh, when you're a leader like yourself and a general manager of two different businesses, right? That if you can somehow get them to really buy in on the concept of collaboration and cooperating with one another and sharing that experience and that knowledge, you know, both from a, a product standpoint, a technology standpoint, being able to do that and see that work for you as the one who tries to foster this has, ha- has to be very re- rewarding, No. It absolutely is. And it just gives me such a great day when I talk to some of the guys and they say, yeah, and we were just having a joint meeting with these guys from, you know, the the other business, et cetera. And we found out that maybe we can do this and that. I've just had a wonderful day when that happens. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. It's kind of also, I I think it's in the spirit of Amphenol, right? Work together where and when it makes sense, right? So I'm sort of seeing this as a close-knit part of, of the Amphenol family. So if I could ask you to then describe the two businesses for people who may not know, like what they do and, and what your specialties are, could you do that for us? I'm, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you've doing, done this once or a hundred times. <laughs> I can certainly give it a bash. Sure. Well, uh, if we start with, uh, with Amphenol Procom, so Amphenol Procom design and manufacture antennas and filter and combiners for private networks. Mm-hmm. So we really take pride in partnering and co-creating with our customers. So when it is something that needs to last, when it is mission-critical communication, it could be for ambulance, it could be for defense, it right. could be for yeah, public safety in general and other applications. Then, really, Amphenol Procom have a great, great uh, selection of products as well as the capability to, to design and co-create with the customer. Mm-hmm. So high quality and durable, reliable solutions, that is Amphenol Procom. Now, fortunately, this is also Amphenol Antenna Solutions. This <laughs> yeah. is also what we can yeah. do. So we are we have two companies that are positioned in the market at, at a similar place. So it is high quality and it is solutions that are designed to the customer with the customer 
also in Amphenol antenna solutions. There are also standard solutions, but really it's that innovative edge that makes the difference for us. And what's really exciting with the Amphenol antenna solutions is that we were able to introduce a, a completely new concept earlier this year, which is called Integra, mm -hmm. where we have a, a, a reusable antenna, a reusable solution. So our customers can now contribute to a reduced carbon footprint simply in their selection of the uh, of the antennas. And Amphenol antenna solutions, they are antennas for base station. So mm -hmm. when you drive along the motorway yeah. or highway and you look at the big antenna towers and you see the big panel antennas, hopefully they are an Amphenol antenna solutions antenna. So is this like antenna recycling almost? <laughs> Yes, it is. Wow. It is. So Absolutely. How, how does it's this work? Recycling. Yeah. yeah, it's upcycling uh -huh. uh, as well, if um, if you will. And we are the first. So explain this a little bit more because this is intriguing to me. So how does this work? It all starts with a wonderful team. Right? Of course. Who understands yeah. that a modular build is something that can benefit not just us, but also the customer. Mm -hmm. And so it started actually a while back, even before I joined Amphenol Antenna Solution, the team starts to work with a modular build. And then as we developed and, and we could see also the trends, preserving the environment and, and the sustainability footprints. And we as uh, good citizens in the world also care uh, about this, we were able to see that this modular concept is actually a way for us to be able to give our customers that carbon footprint reduction or at least contribute to it that they are not only want to have, but they are also gradually more and more tasked to find from different uh, governments. It's from a political perspective, at least here in Europe, sure. it's really, really sure. high up. So basically they buy an antenna. They, they install it, and then if they want to uh, upgrade the antenna, instead of pulling the antenna down and scrapping the antenna and putting a new one up, we gently take it down and we upgrade it with new modules mm. and uh, we, we refurbish it, and then it goes into a pool and, and a new antenna gets mounted again. So it is really is a good concept. Is and this is this something? If I if I may say so myself, for well, the would, for the team, I would yeah. hope that you would. <laughs> yes, as the one who oversees this, I absolutely would hope that you would. So, is this something yes. that the team came up with there just on their own, or was it from industry feedback that said, "Hey, it'd be great if we could do this"? I think it stems from a profound understanding of the problems that we need to solve mm -hmm. with and for our customers. This has not been developed through a specific customer request. Okay. This is not co-creation. This is innovation that comes from the core and the center of our AAS team and our business. And so it just comes at a great time. And I think it also demonstrates that we as a business need to think about innovation, not necessarily as launching new products, mm -hmm. but really as how do we solve problems for our customers. 
And mm-hmm. how's the reaction been from the customer base that, that has seen this and started using it? It has been. It's created an amazing interest. Yeah. What is also fantastic to see is that it is interesting for our, I would say, our usual contacts, the usual go-to people that we have with, with accounts. But also we are now starting to interact with different types of uh, functions within our customers. And our customers in, uh, in Amphenol Antenna Solutions are the mobile operators. Right? And we can see that they have also now departments who are responsible for working with the reduction of their carbon footprint. And we are starting to engage with them. And they are new call points. We didn't know these guys before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really opened up a whole new set of opportunities for you. It has. It's which is exactly a what lot you intend. Doors. Yeah. Yeah. It is exactly what we intend. We want to get into the dialogue. We want to have the discussions with the customers. And that is how we build the trust and the partnership and we get the business. That's fantastic. It's a great story. I love it. We call it the world's first upgradable antenna and, and, and it's the first of many. And it's, uh, we're very, very proud of this concept. It's been well received. We'll shift away from, from what you're doing currently now, though. We'll go, we'll go backwards, okay? So a young meta growing up in Denmark, I'm assuming. Are you Denmark. from there as well? Yes. So, yes. So, so what did you like growing up as a kid there? What were you into and, and how did you ultimately get to where you are now with college and university and all that? Yeah. I know the that, fun conversations, right? These are the harder ones to answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you could say that I've kind of strayed away from my first sort of thoughts about what, what I should do when, when I would grow up. Yeah. I mean, I had two options. I either wanted to be a famous drummer in a band. Really? Or, okay. yes, or I wanted to fly one of these fancy uh, fighter jets, right? Sadly, I, I never grew into any of these roles. So, <laughs> Wow, there's a lot to ask about there then. So first of all, you wanted to, a famous uh, a drummer in a rock band. Were there particular bands that, that were inspirational to you that you loved? Yeah. No, I think we're, we're all the way back in the 70s, right? Yeah. So I was mostly influenced, I think, on what my parents would listen to. And so that would be, you know, the Beatles and it would be uh, Bee Gees and it would be Boney M and these mm-hmm. types of music. But, yeah. uh, you know, it never went anywhere. So I've just settled on enjoying music. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> just keep the beat on the steering wheel while you're driving, right? Something uh, like there that. you are. Yeah. Exactly. And that is one of the ways that I relax if I've had a really busy day. Yeah. When going to, to you know, to the office to work on the way home in the car, I just put on some really good music and it just gives me a great mental break. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how did the, the how come the fighter pilot didn't work out then? <laughs> I think I'm, I think first and foremost, I think I'm too short. I don't okay. fit in, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then I'm sure it would have been too difficult for me to pass all of the, all of the tests that you need. But I do like speed and I like sort of maybe to feel free and able to yeah. do, 
do things and move forward with uh, with good speed. I think that's maybe that's it. All right. Yeah, this is now we're learning a little bit more about you. I like this. This is good. <laughs> yeah. So, did you get to ever? Uh, fly in anything fast, any sort of a, a jet like that, or even do road races or cars or anything where you get to satisfy that need for speed? Oh, I didn't because then what happens? Children happen. And as soon as you have children, oh, yeah. so then then you kind of sort of said, ah, okay, maybe, maybe I need to be a little bit careful. I think the closest I've been is to treat myself to a Porsche 911, yeah. uh, which I had for a good number of years, but I never managed to take it onto the track myself. Yeah. But my son did though. So ah. he, did, he took it onto the track. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So what did you yeah. study uh, when you were at university when you were younger? University, I have an engineering degree. Oh, okay. It's a special degree. It, it combines the traditional engineering topics and subjects with a more commercial side. So it's kind of designed to bind the technical understanding with also the commercial understanding. And I think that's probably been the red thread, if you will, in the different roles that I've had and the different opportunities that I've had throughout my career. It's balancing all the technical staff with the commercial staff and with, you know, what is it actually that the customer want? The translation between these two, I think, is ever fascinating. Yeah, I... I would imagine so. I mean, I am not a technical person. Um, I do not have a technical background. I mean, did product management for a long time, but I had to learn it all on the fly. And that's great and all that, but I would have, there's part of me that would have loved to have had like that mechanical engineering background or electrical engineering background. So a lot of this, I can speak even more intelligently and not have to feel like I'm faking it half the time. Whereas you could speak (laughs) intelligently and you were intelligent about it. That must help you still to this day, though, even though you're not really in that in a day-to-day basis, right? It's been a long, long time since I was really diving into technical technical details. Yeah. But I think what it does, it, it, you're not afraid of it. I mean, mm-hmm. you can dive into it and you can have some, a certain level of, uh, level of understanding, which is really great and very, very helpful because the thing is when you are GM, you want to make sure that there's a glue between all of the different functions right. that you have in the company. You can have the greatest function in the world, but if it's disconnected to all the other functions, then you have an issue. So it's really the bridge and being the bridge and the glue between all of the functions. That, in my mind, is really where the magic is. And, by the way, it's very difficult for competing companies to copy that. Yeah. You know, a technical offset combined with a good commercial experience and interest and, and understanding, I think that's not too bad, if you will. And, yeah. and it's also something that we really try and also have our teams do, you know, to, to make sure that there is this broadened understanding of the business right. and not solely focusing on, the, on your own function. So what were some of your early jobs what did you do uh, once you got out of university? What did you start to, what were some of the... Well, I started in product management. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I did. So I started in product management and I worked with a, a distributor of uh, electronics components. Mm-hmm. They're called Avnet. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know Avnet. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I also remember that there was this guy and he dealt with passive components. And I remember Amphilo being on the uh, on the line card as yeah, well. Yeah. And that was a, a great place to start a career mm-hmm. because you, you you really understand, really get to know the dynamics of the channels. Mm-hmm. And later working for the manufacturer, it's really been a good offset to understand how the channels are working, what are the uh, mechanisms uh, in a channel partner. So, yeah, so that was my first job. That was with Avnet. What are some of the other things you did before you you got to Amphenol? Well, then I, uh, I also worked for a company that does headsets. And I see you're wearing headphones. Literally as I'm adjusting my headset, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I enjoyed that because that is also sort of a, the combination of technical stuff combined with how does it fit on a person, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. you are actually wearing it. Uh, and that is also for, for professional usage. And then just before I, I joined uh, Amphenol, I spent 10 years in medical devices. So a completely different industry as well. Yeah. Working for a, a company that does equipment to analyze blood, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a big change to go to uh, into antennas, but uh, having dealt with headsets, etc., it was kind of there was you know also a few things that were at least familiar. Yeah. yeah. Sure. How did you ultimately oh. find Amphenol, or did they find you? Amphenol found me and I, I, I wasn't looking, but then I got a little intrigued and there was just such a, a warmth in Amphenol and everybody I talked to were just so open and just so proud mm-hmm. of being in, the, in Amphenol. And I think the way that Amphenol is run with, you know, a lot of autonomy for all of the individual businesses uh, was very, uh, very attractive to me. Right. And I think also I come from a company that maybe had more, I don't know, a lot of academical people in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's the same in Amphenol, but I think Amphenol just has a very practical and pragmatic approach of things. And, and, you know, if it makes sense, then, you know, let's do it. And I like that way. Yeah, yeah. Because it's fast as sure. well. We move sure. forward. Right. Yeah. In a much quicker way. So yeah, I have not looked back. That's no, for sure. No paralysis by analysis. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very well put, Chris. Ah, well, well, I, I, I wish I came up with it, but uh, I know I didn't. So I'll, I'm stealing from someone. I don't even know who it is, but uh, always a fun, uh, I, always I, a fun quote. I don't me. know either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it sounds like things are going very well there. It's really, uh, I'd love the new uh, products and the technologies that you're using, especially on the antenna mm-hmm. solution side. That sounds, I have to keep an eye on that because that sounds really fascinating uh, moving forward over the next couple of years. But when you're not then overseeing these two companies and you're home, I know you want to, you know, scratch that speed itch that you have and maybe can't, but what do you like to do in your free time? I uh, do uh a lot of sports, not because I'm particularly good at it or because I'm competing or anything like that. I simply do it to keep in shape so I can have and lead the life that I want to lead. Yeah. I love great food. I love going to good restaurants with my husband and the rest of my family and the children as well, who are very big and grown now. Yeah. And I love to travel. Yeah. This Me- is just 
anywhere in particular? Like, what do you like? Tropical, mountainous? You like to go skiing? All of it? Yeah, all of it. All of the above. (laughs) That's for sure. I really do love it. And I think it just broadens your horizon to come out and to meet different people and see life unfold in in a different way. So it's just really, really something that I enjoy doing both on business and also in uh, in private. And so during the, the COVID lockdown, it, it's been, of course, a little tricky, as, uh, as I'm sure you know. Yep. But this is Denmark. So it was a possibility to go to Greenland. Oh, so okay. we traveled to Greenland. Uh, yes, wow. uh, this uh, summer here in, in 2021. And it was an absolutely wonderful experience. So if anyone are ever considering doing something like that, I can just say go. It is a wonderful country to visit. That has to be amazing to see because there's you don't really hear of people yeah. going to Greenland a lot. Iceland, yes. Um, I think that's a very popular uh, tourist destination. But Greenland, I mean, they only have, what, maybe less than 100,000 people that live in Greenland, and it's all in the southern end of it, yes. right? So um, yes. that must have been... Just can you just describe what it was like there? I'm sure it wasn't very busy. <laughs> no, it absolutely was not. It was yeah. not very busy. Yeah. It was not very crowded at all. And it was, you know, there was very lucky. The weather was uh, was fantastic. You just stand there, and, and it's so vast. You mm-hmm. say that the landscape yeah. is just, and you can just see so far. And you, you think it's two, three hundred meters away, but in fact, it's kilometers away. Yeah. But you can see very clearly because the air is so clear. The whales are swimming, uh, passing by, and and you just have the huge ice mountains. And it's it really, really is beautiful. And the population are so kind. I mean, they are really, really so kind and so generous. It's a great experience. I can't praise it enough. I have to start looking up tickets for you know this summer <laughs> yeah <laughs> try that out because i'm sure it's light for quite a while too there at that time of year as it well. is yeah yeah white nights so so this is a good segue right so if i then say all right we're not going to go to greenland but we're going to put you on a desert island right somewhere say like in hawaii or or somewhere in the caribbean and you're going to be by yourself though right so you don't have anyone around no businesses to manage and you don't really get to bring much with you. But I say, okay, you can bring with you one album, one book, and one movie. We'll start with an album. What album would you bring with you? What album would I bring with me? I think I would probably bring the album Older with George Michael. Okay. I uh, I really like that. It's it's not a very new album, and I, I love lots of new music as well. But yeah. I think that has just such a tranquility and balance built into it yeah it's just beautiful you listen to the lyrics and you listen to the to the yeah just the the music it is one of my favorites and an unbelievable voice that's for sure yeah 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 absolutely all right good choice how about a book a book I would bring probably the latest bestseller in Denmark. It's called The Chestnut Man, the which chestnut. is, uh, okay. yeah, it's also, it's also been filmed. It's now a little series um, on Netflix. It's, uh, 
a crime book is just very, very well written. And you can't figure out the plot until the very end. And I like that. Yeah. It makes you think a little bit and you'll wonder, oh, maybe this could be or this could be or this could be. All right. So a good way to to keep you guessing while you're on the island by yourself. Yeah. But when you're done with that, then what movie would you watch? Hey, what movie would I watch? That's a really, really good question. Yeah, well, it depends on the mood. I, I, I like all sorts of different different movies, and you have to because you know when you have children, and you got to keep up. Yeah. Right. So even even I have endured Transformers, even though I would not pick one of those. <laughs> that's for sure. And 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 all the way all the way to Barbie, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, these uh, films. No, I I don't know. I I would probably pick the latest James Bond. Okay. Uh, because I like the sort of new films as well. But but I also like the Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. Sort of a little bit more sort of um, yeah in a fantasy world. Yeah. They would probably be the ones I would pick. Okay. All right, um, Harry Potter. A little bit on the light-hearted yeah, side. That's I true. You can yeah. Say that. No time yeah. to die. No spoiler alerts. So we won't. Uh... <laughs> won't tell anyone what happens then in that, but uh, yeah, I love James Bond movies. It's great escapism. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a spoiler-free yeah. podcast. In case anyone's listening, I might have to put a note out there now. So, uh, you know, just <laughs> yeah. in case people, are, no, 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 don't say anything. I don't want to hear about it. But, um, well, anyway, uh-huh. Meta, thank you very much for doing this uh, today. I I really appreciate it. Hopefully sometime I get to come to Denmark and, and Copenhagen. Um, and since you're a lover of food and I as well, if we can somehow figure out how to get a, a reservation at Noma, that would be fantastic. Well, there you are. Absolutely. The number one in the world. And only last week, my family and I were very lucky because we got a table at Geranium. Yeah. which is number two in the world. So wow. number one and two are based in tiny little Copenhagen here. So Chris, you are so welcome. Please come and uh, come to Denmark and uh, enjoy our uh, our restaurants here. Oh, and thank you for it. inviting me to this podcast. I've never done a podcast before. So uh, it's uh, <laughs> an interesting experience. Well, you did fantastic. <laughs> you did great. So... Thanks again for doing this. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you.